Hey, so you called us wrapping up our series where everybody knows your name, and, and I just want to thank you for being here. So glad you joined us, and, and back in the 80s and 90s when this was, a, early 90s when this was a TV series, I liked that series. You know, I, I like it because, because I wanted to be somewhere where my friends knew my name. And, and I mean, I know I don't want to be cheesy, but I wanted to be somewhere where our, all of our troubles seemed the same. Yeah, I know. I just wanted to be somewhere where somebody knew my name. And so my name is Doug, uh, Doug Irvin. I'm one of the pastors here at Next Level Church. And again, you called us as we're wrapping up this series where everybody knows your name. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, I try to understand myself. Uh, I know that sounds weird, but I try to understand who I am and what I am, and I take all kinds of uh, profiles, personality profiles, behavior profiles. I, I, I've had counseling before. Anyway, just trying to understand who I am because if I, if I, if I believe that if I understand who I am, then I'm going to be able to relate to people better. And I'm going to be able to understand other people. So if you're familiar with a, a DISC profile, uh, I'm, a, I'm a high I and a high S in the DISC profile, if you're familiar with it. If you're not, just kind of hang on with me. If, if you uh, are familiar with the Enneagram, I am a two-wing seven, which really uh, both of those are kind of strange uh, in, in that, that I'm this... Uh, kind of person who understands strategy and elements and think through things. And then the seven person is this, uh, I want to be in a party and let's just figure it out on the cuff. And so I'm always thinking, my, these conversations in my head are driving me crazy. So I'm a, I'm a two seven Enneagram. And then uh, when it comes to strength finders, my number one strength is learner. Uh, and then my number two strength is called includer, uh, and number three, four, and five are communication, woo, and maximizer. Now, I say all that, and you're going, man, I have no idea what you're talking to. Don't go anywhere. Stay with me. Stay with me, because here's what I want you to know about me up front. That includer piece, that number two strength that I have, that includer, I want to be included and I want to include you. That's just the just way I roll. And so here's, what, here's what, how that plays out in my life is that I, I've always got room for you on my team. And I've got a spot for you. That's just the way I am. I'm going to make room on my team because that's who I am as a leader and that's who I am uh, on the team. So I want you to be on my team and I've got room for you. I, I'm going to accept you for who you are right where you're at. Now, that doesn't mean we're always going to agree, but I'm going to accept you and I'm going to love you because I want, to be, I want you to be included, absolutely. And, and, and so when it comes to, to, to making room, that's, that's, that's who I am. That's, matter of fact, back in 2000, early 2000, I, I left a traditional Baptist church. I pastored uh, several traditional Baptist churches. And then in 2004, believed that, that I needed to go plant a church. And, and one of the reasons uh, that I left the traditional church to go plant a church, because the churches that I pastored and been in uh, kind of for a long time in my life, uh, 
Those churches always said, we want to grow, we want to, we want to bring people in, but the reality is the kind of people they wanted to bring in were people just like them. And there's a huge disconnect uh, because, uh, <laughs> because there's a lot of people not like them who need to be in church, who need to know Jesus, who need to be part of the kingdom of God. And so, so I took that to a huge step and started church in 2000 and, and actually continue to do church and, and, and do things in my life that seek to include people. I, I'm, a, I'm an includer. And so, which actually brings me to why we're here today to talk about the idea of why does a life group need me? So we've been talking about this community and, and being in community and being a part of community. And so why, why, does a, why, why does a community need me? Now, last couple of weeks, Pastor Clay, Pastor Joseph, they've been casting big vision about why being in community is important and why you are important to community. And, and I've done those kinds of messages throughout my lifetime and, and, and been really good at it. And so today I'm tasked with coming at this from why does a life group need me? Now, let me be totally transparent with you. Totally transparent with you. I never ask myself this question. And I'm sure you haven't either. <laughs> so we're just alike. I never ask this question to myself until the fall of 2022. 2020, excuse me. Now, here's why I say that. I was at a church before I came to this church. I was at a church over in a, a, a town called Belmont, uh, North Carolina, which is not far from the Charlotte metro area. And, and in that, I was, I was life group pastor for a little while, executive pastor, but in 2017, we, uh, we did a group, a small group called Starting Point, which is people who are coming back to church or coming back to faith or welcome, and, 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 and we get reintroduced re to faith and where we need to go and what our next steps are. And so there's this guy named Brian that comes to this group. Now, here's the amazing thing about Brian is that Brian has been diagnosed as a bipolar, manic-depressant, schizophrenic. He had some real issues. And matter of fact, when he came into the group, I, I learned more about him. I saw him on Sunday mornings, ultimately, as he came. And then as we talked more, here's what I learned about Brian. He'd been watching us online long before it was cool to watch online, okay? Uh, and the reason he watched online was because of the amount of anxiety that being in a group of people brought to him. But somehow, he mustered up enough nerve, took enough medicine, because he certainly looked like it when he showed up, and he would come and be a part of the church. And so he got into this group, and I got to know Brian. And coming out of that group, I got Brian to come along with me into a, a men's fire pit life group. We met outside. We hung out around the fire. Tobacco was always welcome, not required. And we would talk about what God was doing and how God was working in our life and, or how he wasn't working in our life. And Brian became part of that group in the summer of 2017. All right, so we went through uh, 
couple semesters in 2017, couple semesters, three semesters in 2018, three semesters in 2019, and then all of a sudden COVID hits. Now, Brian, I love Brian. Brian was an awesome guy. And he was quirky. <laughs> he had a, a dry sense of humor. He had an insight that none of the rest of us had into life. <laughs> and he liked bold peanuts. Now, there's a joke behind that. And if you want to know about that joke, email me. And uh, we'll get together for coffee. We'll do a Zoom meeting or something. And uh, I don't know that I can fly to wherever you are. But uh, we'll do a Zoom meeting. I'll tell you all about Brian and his boiled peanuts. But anyway... We hit 2020, and we went into lockdown, and at first we did these Zoom meetings, and Brian was a part of that, and then Brian wasn't a part of it, and we kept reaching out to him and trying to help him, and, and we're dealing uh, with COVID, and unfortunately, Brian didn't make it. Brian died June 2020. Yeah, it, it was hard. It was real hard. It was tragic. And so, so what happened was we, 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 didn't, we didn't do anything that summer of 2020. And then that fall of 2020, we, our life group met in person because we were outside, right? And so and at that point, they were talking about being outside was better. And we were around a fire and we were outside. And, and so we started meeting. And so we had our first meeting in September of 2020. And Brian wasn't there. And I came to the realization that, man, I needed Brian. And Brian wasn't there. And that forced me to ask this question right here. Why does a life group need me, because I begin to think about it in terms of, uh, you know, I always think about what I get out of a life group and what, what, or what I can put into a life group. But, but what is it that a life group needs from me? Paul was a, a, a church starter, if you would. He started new churches in a town. This is back in the, in the first century. He started a new church, and then he would leave that church and go to another town. He'd leave that church, and, and he would put leadership in place, and then he would go to another town, start another church, and he wrote letters back to that church. And look what he wrote. He said in, to, the, to the church in Corinth, which is a city, Corinth, in, in church in Corinth, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's huge. Because why? He's talking to a bunch of believers. And, 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 and in our life group, as you heard Pastor Joseph say, we got all kinds of people all where, and people who don't know Jesus are certainly invited. But when a life group gets together, it is about Jesus. And so all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. So check this out. Who's the source of all comfort? Well, it's God the Father, God our merciful Father. He comforts us. Notice what he does. He comforts us in our troubles so that. Look at this word right here. So that. See this phrase? Actually, it's not one. It's two words. Phrase. So that we can comfort others. Look at this. Let me read that again because it's so important. You know, because that's what preachers do. You know, when they want to say it over again, but think it's really important, they say it all over again. So he comforts us in all of our troubles so that we 
can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. Now, it's easy to see, to read this passage, and you go, well, yeah, that's exactly why I should be in a group, uh, because I need, to, I need to pour into that group, and I need to help that group. But I want to ask it from this perspective. What happens if you're not in the group? That's my question. What happens if you are not in a small group? You've been comforted by God. You have found great mercy from God. And because of your experience, you are able to share that experience with other people who are going through the same problems. And they are able to accept and receive the comfort from God because God is working through you to minister to those people. So what happens if you're not there? How, do that, how does that group get ministered to? Good question. If you're not there. I mean, I think that's a legitimate thought. Not so much about what, what I am supposed to get out of it or what I'm supposed to, the influence I'm supposed to have, but, but what happens if I'm missing? Pastor Clay shared with us a couple of weeks ago uh, that the church is, is, is in the New Testament referred to as a body. It's also referred to as a building. And him being an engineer talked all about building because he likes all that geeky stuff. But, but in the body, he shared this passage. Take a look at this. Just as our bodies have many parts, and by the way, Paul, this is Paul writing back to the church in Rome. Rome. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a, spe a special function, it means our, our body has many parts, elbows, fingers, toes, knees, internal parts, stomach, lungs, heart, brain, eye. You, you get the picture, right? Our, we have many parts and each part has a particular function. The small toe does not function like the index finger. However, it is the same with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. And so he talked about that, how we belong to each other. And I encourage you, uh, two weeks ago, go back and, and, and watch that. But here's, as he talked about it, he was talking about why you needed to be in community. But I want to flip that and ask the question, why community needs you? I mean, think about it. Let me ask you this question. Straight up. I mean, what if your hand was cut off? What if your arm had to be removed? What, what if your, your leg right, right below your knee had to be removed or above your knee? What if your stomach had to be removed? I mean, what if your kidneys? What if your lungs... I mean, what, how in the world would you function if you didn't have a heart? Yeah, you know where I'm going. You see this coming real fast, don't you? Yeah, so if I'm asking the question about my body, and the body has many parts, and we all have functions, and we all play a part to it, what happens if I'm not in the part? What if I'm not there? 
What's the body supposed to do without me? Now listen, hear me clearly. I know that there are people who've had surgeries and have removed, and they function well, and they function at a high level. And, and, and I'm, not, I'm not talking about disabilities in any way, shape, or form, but what I am talking about is the church and what happens if that body part is missing. Again, I'm answering the question, why does a life group need me? Because, because you're in a, a significant part. No matter what part it is, you are significant. Because of the way you're wired, because of the way you're made, because of the way God has gifted you, because of the experiences that you have in life, you bring so much to the table. But if you're not there, part of the body's missing. Last week, Pastor Joseph pointed out a huge difference between the institutional church and the church's community. You know, we all know institutional church. We hang out. We, we check us out online. We're watching. We go, hey, I went to church today because I watched online, and I went to church, and that's something we go to and something that, that we are. But church's community, church is, is, is absolutely community. And Pastor Joseph asked this question. What is my role in authentic community? That's a huge question. If you missed that last week, you need to go listen to that because I listened to it. I'm telling you, man, I'm having to process this stuff. What is my role in authentic community? And he laid out three actions in my role. One of those actions is to love others. So I want you to take a look at this passage in light of this concept of Pastor Joseph's statement of authentic community. Oh, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Now, I want you to think about this for a minute. Let's think of ways to motivate one another acts of love and good works. Again, I'm going back. I'm kind of answering the question why you need to be in a group. But a group is vastly different. A life group is vastly different than being in a golf league, being on a ball team, hanging out at the bar, being in a hunt club. I've done all four. And, and guess what happens in all four? We hang out, we talk to each other, we share stories with each other, we laugh with each other. Uh, there is encouragement that takes place, there is community that takes place, but there is something distinctly different than a life group. I am not devaluing those things in any way, shape, or form, but I am elevating a life group. And here's why. Because in a life group, we motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Why is that important? If you go back and you read Hebrews chapter 10, in the previous verses, it's talking about people who are struggling with hanging on to their faith. People struggling in their relationship to Jesus. And, and so he comes down to this point and says, hey, people who are struggling to hang on to Jesus, people who are struggling to hang on to Jesus, 
Think of ways to motivate each other, not beat each other up over the head, not guilt each other, but think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good work because these are the kinds of things that propel our relationship with Jesus, that keeps us hanging on to the faith, these acts of love and good works. And then he goes, let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but look, encourage one another. Especially now that the day of his return, Christ Jesus is drawing near. Encourage one another in Christ Jesus. Listen, being encouraged in Christ Jesus doesn't happen out at the bar, and it doesn't happen in the ball, ball team. Believe me, I played 162 games one year. I know what it's like to be with a bunch of guys consistently. I get it. And it was great, and we had a blast. But we didn't talk about Jesus very much. And if it was dead, it was more one-on-one. Or in a hunt club, or on, in a golf league, or whatever your club is, it, do, it doesn't matter. The point is, as a life group, we meet because Jesus Christ died on a cross. He rose again the third day. We know that he's coming back, and we meet together to encourage each other in our journey with Jesus. That's why this life group thing is so important. Now, this is my question as you look at this. Is there somebody that needs motivation? Is there somebody that needs encouragement that only you can give to them? Because of your quirkiness, <laughs> because of your uniqueness, because of your dry sense of humor, because of your life experience, because of where you've been, is there somebody who needs that encouragement and they're not getting it because you're not in life group? Now again, I mean, what, I'm trying to answer the question, why life group needs me? Listen, Pastor Joseph talked about community, and he described it in these five categories. Community, we meet to sharpen each other. We meet to carry each other's burdens. We meet to love one another unconditionally. We meet to mentor each other, and we meet to confess our sins to one another. That doesn't happen in another group. But just maybe. Just maybe you're the one. Maybe you're the one to encourage someone when they share their sin, when they share their shortcoming in a group. Maybe you're the one to encourage them through that rather than calling them out like the rest of the group's wanting to do. Maybe you're the one. Maybe you're the one that can be patient to someone who needs some extra patience in the group. Maybe you're the one. Maybe you're the one that knows how, how, to, how to accept the one into the rest of the group where the group is struggling to make that happen. Maybe you're the one. Maybe you're the one that has a God passion for serving and because of your serving, you're able to go into the group and, and you compel the group and influence the group that y'all are going to serve together. Maybe you're the one 
Maybe you're the one that has a a knack for practical understanding of the teachings of Jesus. And when you get together and talk about it, you're able to talk about it not in philosophical terms, not in terms of of, of theory, but you're able to talk about it in terms of willful obedience in your life. And you lead the group to help them to understand about willful obedience and growing in the grace of, of Jesus Christ. Maybe you're the one. I mean, maybe you're the one that has a heart for radical generosity. And because of your heart for your radical generosity, you're able to share that with a group. And because you share that with a group, the group becomes radical in their generosity. Maybe you're the one. Maybe you're the one that has a passion for other people outside of the group. And so one day you step up and you go, hey guys, I want to go start another group because I'm concerned about the other people. My life mission is the other people. And so I want to take a few of you and go start another group. Maybe you're the one. Listen, these are just a handful of the 58 one another passages in the New Testament. Maybe you're the one that people are needing for motivation and encouragement. Now, let me say, I'm, if I've come across as trying to be guilt-driven, I, I'm not driving guilt here. I, I'm a little passionate about all this. I'm absolutely passionate. I'm an includer. I believe getting into a healthy life group is one of the best ways that you can find to grow in your faith in Jesus. I just believe that. And that's why I'm passionate about that. And I want you to be included in that. These are letters that Paul wrote to the churches. Paul also wrote letters to individuals. He wrote one to Timothy. Actually, wrote two to Timothy one to Titus, and one to a guy named Philemon. All those made their way into the New Testament. So he's writing Timothy, and he says this, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Again, this is huge for a life group. This is, this is why a group gets together and, and hangs out together and does the things that they do. is because Jesus is a center part, is a centerpiece of that. And we get to be strong in the grace. And the things that you've heard from me, Paul's saying, the things that you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these things that you've heard from me to faithful men. This can also be women. Entrust these to faithful people, let's put that word there, who will then be able then, my word, who will be able to teach others also. What's Paul saying? Paul's saying, listen, I, I hung out with you and, and a group of other elders, and I poured myself into you and these other elders. I poured myself into you. So I want you to take what you learned, and I want you to Pour it into other people and trust people you can trust to carry on the message 
Find people you can trust to carry on the message and, and pour it into them so that who will be able, so that they'll be able to teach others. Let me put it this way. Paul poured into Timothy. Timothy poured into these faithful people. These faithful people poured in to the other people. Now I'm asking the question, why does a life group need me? Put your name right here. Put your name. Your name. What, 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 your name. Put your name right here. You pouring in to your life group in such a way that the rest of your life group then finds other people to pour their lives in so that these other people will then in turn pour their lives into other people. See, this is the uniqueness of a life group. A life group is all about this process right here. It is all about us, you, me, pouring ourselves into the group so that the group grows in the grace and knowledge and strength of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why? So that as the group, we can go out and pour it into faithful people, other people. Why? So that those other people can take the message and pour it into other people. Let me give you a case in point. A guy named Carl Loin. You don't know Carl. Carl Loin from the west side of Charlotte led a small group, teenagers, young boys. Guess who's in that group? I'm part of that group. He poured himself into my group. Why? So that I then would go pour myself into other people. Why? So that other people would then go pour themselves into other people. Huge. What happens to the other people if you don't get in the life group? Man, I think that's a good question to ask. I'm trying to answer the question, why community needs me? What happens to these other people? These people that, that we hadn't thought about, these people that are kind of on the fringe, what happens to those people if you don't get into a small group? I think it's a great question. Why does the life group need me? Pastor Clay made a statement two weeks ago. And basically, this is what he said. I don't have the exact quote, but at the end of the day, this is what he said. He said, you cannot be all that God wants you to be Apart from the body of Christ. That's you individually. And again, he was casting vision on why you needed to be in that. But here's my question. How can a life group be all that it's supposed to be if you're not in it? Your name, 
pouring into the life group. How can that life group be all that it's supposed to be if you're not in it? Why? So that then in turn you go find and they go find other people. Why? So they go find other people. This is how it works. This is why community needs us because these people down here may never know about Jesus because we didn't step in. Community needs you. Now, I know what you're saying. I'm sitting up here in Iowa somewhere or Alabama or up in Michigan or wherever you are. Now, if you are outside of the Charlotte metro area, you can email me. Two ways you can email me. One, you can, you can uh, go, it's called help at nextlevelchurch.org. You go to our website, you can scroll down, contact us, and I'll get that email, and I will help you find a life group in your area. I'll help you. You could start a life group. I can tell you how to do that. Not hard. You don't have to be some Bible teacher and have it all the insights. You don't need all that, but you've got friends where you could start that. You could do that. I'll help you with that. Email me. You can call the church and leave a message for me. I'm option seven, I believe. But I'm here to help you. I want to help you get into a group. I want to help you develop a group because it's that important because a group needs you. Now, if you're in the Charlotte metro area, I want you to invite you to go to our website and our events, life groups, sign up for a group, get plugged into a group. But I think here's the, the question that we all have to grapple with. Why does a life group need me? And however you answer that question, I believe ultimately it's going to impact the group, other people, and people beyond that so that the kingdom of God can grow. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you that you wired us to be with one another. We thank you that, that, that being in a, a small group of people is so important. And over this entire series, we, we, we've, we've had, heard big vision of, of why we should be on a group and, 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 and what I would get out of a group. And then today we talked about why a group needs me. You wired us this way. I know some of us are extroverts, Lord. Some of us are introverts. Some of us are, are highly motivated, 
jump out there and be the front runners and some of us want to be in the background dealing with all the details and everything in between. We're all over the place. But you wired each one of us to be in community. And yes, I need community, but community needs me. Father, help all of us to take steps in our journey with you to grow your kingdom. We pray in the name of Jesus. Hey, thanks again for being with us, and, and I hope and pray this has been beneficial for you. Matter of fact, if you've received any encouragement, any hope, any, any challenge from this, uh, I encourage you to like us, uh, share this with your friends, like us, um, and, and, and invite them to come and be along for part of the journey. Now, if you have been touched in a way, here's what you need to know. People gave financially to make this happen. They, they, they make Next Level Church happen. They make many ministries, and this is part of the ministries of what they do. They gave to make this happen. And if you want this ministry uh, to, to continue to grow and feel like you, you've been blessed by it and would like to give, we encourage you to go to our website, click Give, and uh, you can give to, to, to spread the wealth because there's somebody out there just like you Who's, who's looking for things just like this, and, and we're gonna be able to reach them together uh, because we pull and we all come together. Now, as we, as we leave today, I wanna leave you with this thought, this passage from Romans 12, 4 and 5. Just our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function. I want you to go knowing that you are blessed having a special function and we are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. It is my hope and prayer that we will go inside of this blessing, recognizing that we are part of something bigger than ourselves, blessed to be part of that, in the name of Christ Jesus. You guys have a great week. Thank you.